It's the end of the regular season. The first ever Week 18 has passed. And we're going to talk all about it. Playoffs. Everything coming up next. Hello, it's just started to rain here at Ben's house. I can hear the patters on the on the ceiling. Um, we've just come back from a curry. It's yeah. been very nice. It's been a lovely curry. Um, but yeah, now we're into into the proper stuff. Week eighteen. But before that, Ben, how are you, my friends? I'm great. And this is probably thinking Ben had COVID last week. How are they doing this? This is ten week day isolation. Oh, I test a negative. Then you lads worry. Look at that. We're back for possibly the last face-to-face we had this discussion didn't we, we yes don't know. it's possible that we could have another face-to-face episode of the 2021 season about the 2022 season touch wood we fully face-to-face <laughs> yeah, so, so. You would, well we hope we're <laughs> going to be at home so it would make sense to me um yeah i'm good it's been a it's been a fucking incredible week in the nfl it's uh, uh yeah it's probably been the best week yet i mean week 18 I mean, you just start from there. It's the first time they've ever had 18 weeks in an NFL season. And they said it's going to be the biggest season ever. Well, it really did come down to the wire. Um, and the wire it came down to, we're going to actually kick... Again, sorry, no bruises, bro. You've just been to the curry. We've just had two <laughs> points. They were Cobras. You've already ranked them. They come like third or whatever. So we're going straight into the football. It's going to be a hefty episode. End of regulation season. Um, but yes, last game. Of the regular season is our game of the week. Ben, tell us the game and tell us the score. Do you have the score? I can see it on your phone. Okay. Chargers 32, Raiders 35. Wow. And what a spectacle. This this belongs on the West End or the mm. or Broadway. Yeah. Or even on the screens. You know, it was a thriller. I think that the main thing I've got here is. This is the, this is the Chargers stats for the quarterback and the, and the running game. Is Herbert three hundred eighty three yards, three touchdowns, one interception, and Eckler sixteen attempts, sixty four yards, one touchdown. That's four touch, touchdowns from a QB and a uh, running back combined, and they still lost. Yeah. What's going on? It was cheeky. It was cheeky. The Raiders scored a last second field goal to knock out the Chargers. They only needed a tie for both of them to go through. Um, and the interesting thing is that, I'm, I'm sure you'll talk more about it, but there was a timeout which mm. got called. And Rich Basaccia, the interim head coach for Las Vegas, said that he changed his mind after that timeout. They were playing for the tie, and then the timeout came, and they just thought, you know what, we're just going to go for it. What happened? The timeout, the timeout, 38 seconds left in overtime. The Chargers yeah. took it to stop the clock instead of, Potentially taking the hit and hoping that the Raiders run it down, which it, the head coach said he would have. If they didn't take the time out. Is that Brandon Staley's just inexperienced, not really reading the game properly? Or is it just his competitive nature that he wanted to get the ball back and wanted to win? Like any other NFL team and player would want to do. I think that's the thing, right, is that they would have known the Jags beat the Colts. Mm. So... 
they would have wanted to not only put themselves in, but be the heartbreakers of the Raiders' season as well. Because why wouldn't you? The Jags did it with the Colts. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure there was... Yeah, the Falcons did it with the Saints. I mean, no, they didn't actually the Saints once, that's a lie. But there was probably other fixtures that we haven't really... That we'll get into later on where it did happen. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it was the inexperience. I think it's the game management. You don't mm. really see in the NFL outside of timeouts. Like, yeah, timeouts yeah. are obviously the main game management thing. Other than the two-minute warning... Um, I, I wouldn't have said it was odd, if I'm honest with you. Like, in a, in a regular season game, which is what it was, mm. I know they were playing for playoffs, but ultimately it was a regular season game. You're pushing for the win. And of course you are. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. So, on that front, I don't blame him. However, as I said, it's a regular season game that gets you into playoffs. Yeah. Now, obviously remembering the stats that Herbert had with 383 yards, Carr only had 186. Six mm. with two touchdowns, and Josh Jacobs ran for 132 yards with two touchdowns. Yeah, you know, so the games are very different, and you almost know you have control because the Raiders aren't going to go to the air. So maybe that's why he did it because he knew, okay, well maybe they're just going to run it, which they did, and Jacobs got that massive run that actually put them in the field goal position in mm. the first place. Um, but it, yeah, it was it was. It was like a little brother fighting a bigger brother, wasn't it? And the bigger brother going, you want to tell mum? Okay, that's fine. I'll box you up. <laughs> and that's what the Raiders did. Yeah, I think it's... Um, I think Brandon Staley did, obviously, what Rich Versace has come out and said after. He wanted to... He was happy with the tie. He was content with the tie. And then the um, the Chargers basically blew it for yeah. themselves. And, you saw Justin Herbert on the sideline. He actually mouths, I don't want a tie. I've never wanted a tie this bad. And that was with about 20 seconds left. But I think in terms of the Raiders, I think, I mean, Rich Passaccio, after that timeout call, he could have gone ahead and said, you know what, we'll just take a knee. And, mm. and we're, we're in field goal range, but we don't really care. However, what I think he had in his mind is that if they win, the Steelers get in. If they tie... The Chargers get in, so I think it's good. It's a good call from Rich Versaccia, which Brandon Staley allowed him to have. Is that if you think about it, if you have time to think about it, I mean, you don't really need time. No. But if you get into the playoffs, there's only seven of you. You'd much rather potentially come against up against the Steelers than you would the Chargers. So I think that has probably played on his mind, thinking like, okay, if we actually score a field goal. We play the Steelers instead of these lot, potentially, in the mm. AFC Championship game, which could be the reason why. Um, and he's actually the first ever interim head coach to take a team to the playoffs in the Super Bowl area. But I think, yeah. do, do you feel the Raiders deserved it more than the Chargers with the grand scheme of the season that they've had? I think definitely, in terms of all the turmoil they've had, especially mm. um, with John Gruden, who who left after a few, few comments when, when he um, resigned, and obviously um, Henry Ruggs, who was obviously in that car accident. I feel like this is really I wouldn't say deserved, but they're they're really good to get into the position they are now yeah. and beating obviously the Chargers who are one of the up and coming teams. Um it's a real success story I think that started the season as maybe like a putting them in the darkness has now mm. ended up them turning out to be in the light and being a real success. Yeah I I, I, I would completely agree. I think it's great for them. And I was watching GMFB this morning, 
And the thing that I loved is that Shregs found this. I don't know. He's a great analyst for the for the NFL and reporter. Mm. Um, and he and they found this. Uh, what's the most attractive free agency landing spot this year? And they said Vegas. All the parties, man. All the parties. <laughs> <laughs> you have a veteran QB. You have a great defense with led by Max Crosby, really, at the moment. Um, you're in a hot place, a brand new stadium, a historic franchise. Mm. It's the place to be. And I would have to say that we, we've said it about the Falcons, is that the Falcons pulled it back and almost got playoffs. And I think that's actually going to be quite appealing for some teams, that they're all on the fringe of getting there. Yeah. And they're, they're historic as well. They're in a, quite a popular city. It's very similar with Vegas now. Mm. And it's going to be interesting to see all these landing spots with... Uh, Agency coming up, but nothing but respect for the Raiders on that front. Yeah, I think Derek Carr. He actually he's won four overtime games this season, which is the most by any other quarterback to win an overtime. So he knows he can do it in big mm. games, and that may be that may be really useful come the playoffs. Um, but I know you mentioned earlier on about Justin Herbert and his stats. He threw sixty four passes on Sunday. He only completed half of them and threw the less less than four hundred yards. Is that? I mean. Getting getting a chance to throw sixty four passes means that your coach obviously relies on you heavily, mm. and four hundred yards is absolutely fine. But only completing half of them, sixty four. Is it big game situation, or is he, or did he just get overdone with passes? Do you reckon? I think it's a weird one because you have Mike Williams, who's your your wide receiver two, mm. who, who could be a wide receiver one with some more experience and better route running, and you obviously have Keenan Allen who is meant to have been there for the whole season, but, but hasn't been. Yeah. And was getting some very weird snaps. Like, he ran a jet sweep yesterday. He was running mm. inside routes when he's normally outside. And he's often seen as the best route runner in the league. But you're not seeing that with him at the moment. It's, it's all a bit odd. Um, so, in that front, does Herbert have the tools necessary? Like, Chris Godwin, for example. Yeah. Uh, not Chris Godwin. Yeah, no, Chris Godwin. Yeah. Heading into free agency. Why wouldn't you go and be wide receiver one in the charges? Join Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and their mm. other lad who played outstanding, I can't remember his name, got two of their touchdowns in the throwing front. Why not go and join them? Yeah. And you've got an equally good receiving core as the Cardinals and the, the Bucks, in my opinion, mm. even coming from the Bucks to there. Um, build Herbert, and if you're going to rely on him, because Eckler's been good, he hasn't been great this year, in my opinion. Um, the running game needs work. Build your, build your receiving game because that's going to be what it is. But enough of the Chargers. We seem to be their uh, number one fan base, don't we? You know, right from the beginning I of mean, the season. We did mention, didn't we, at the start of the season when we were doing best kits. Yeah. We were like, shall we shall go we get Char- a Chargers Division B uh, podcast kit? I mean, we still could. For the draft, Spotify? Maybe. Spotify exclusive! For the, for the draft, maybe we could. Maybe. Possibly. If we get our own studio, that'd be great. <laughs> Just have it up. Um, in the week? Mm. Cool. So, in the week, um, we'll go through the scores in a minute. I've just got two things. We, we've got a whole coaching section. because There's been a lot of coaches leaving on, um, they call it Black Monday, don't they? Yeah. Um, can you call it that anymore? I'm not sure. Yeah, Black Friday. Black, Black Friday. Black Monday, Friday. Um, but anyway, so, this week the Jaguars secure number one pick for the second year in the row. That's going to be huge for them. And also, it answers the age-old question, what we say. Um, Ian Rappaport reported that the Browns are moving forward with Baker Mayfield as their starting QB. So that kind of takes takes things out of the um, out of the equation about what 
the Browns are doing. Have you got a point on that? I do, but I'll cover that. Shall we go back? To... That's cool. Um, if we go into the scores now, cool. Starting on Saturday night, Chiefs 28, Broncos 24. Yeah, Mahomes 270 yards, two touchdowns. Um, probably pushed a bit more than they wanted to be, considering it's the game before Wild Card Weekend. Yeah, for sure. That they're in mm. for the first time in three years, which is crazy <laughs> to think. Um, obviously, the Titans swooping in to get that number one seed. Um, Worry, Tyreek Hill. He's injured. Mm. Uh, and I think I know what they haven't actually said what it's from other than it was in the warm up. I don't know if you saw this in the highlights or while watching Red, Red Zone or whatever, but he went up against the cornerback. I did see and this. And he sprung like Ronaldo did, like yeah. very high for a very small man. I think he's only five foot eight. <laughs> and he was jumping at like nine foot. Yeah. He could have easily slam dunked any basketball they up to him there. And he landed and it didn't look great. Mm. And that could just be me going an overreaction. But then through the game, he, he was running, it was actually, again, a jet sweep. It seems to be a horn thing to a jet sweep, doesn't it? <laughs> Ran behind, he got past Pat Mahomes and then started hobbling on his right leg. Now, again, GMFB, great show today, like, specifically. They pulled up on it and they went, Tyreek, if he's injured, it's almost going to be a benefit to the Chiefs because he hasn't been mm. the Tyreek Hill that we know. He hasn't, yeah. he hasn't had a 50-yard play this year. He hasn't received the ball and gone for 50 yards. When apparently he's done it at least eight times in the last three seasons. Jeez. Until this year. And I was like, that's a crazy stat. Mm. But it kind of makes sense because Kelsey's been Mr. Dependent for um, for Pat Mahomes as well as Hardman and Pringle. Um, do, do, you, do you worry based on this week? You know, the, the AFC has kind of, since obviously Brady kind of started to decline the Fox before bouncing back in Tampa. Um, do you worry that the Chiefs are kind of underestimating the competition in the AFC now? I've I have worried for them for the whole of this season. Mm. They started three and four, which yeah. after I'm a season pretty much. But then they went nine and one after. Um, and the Chiefs are only the fifteenth ever to win twelve or more games in the last four seasons. But do I worry for them in the Postseason, I I honestly don't think I do. I feel like they're better than every other team. I think if they get to the Super Bowl, which I th- changed my mind again, I think they will get to the Super Bowl again. We'll get they're, to that later. Yeah, they're, they're not winning, but obviously losing Tyreek Hill was a massive loss. Even if they even, do, yeah, yeah, if he don't, um, even if he didn't get over fifty receiving yards in a single play. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. You've got Patrick Mahomes there. You've got Travis Kelsey there. Your defence is still pretty strong. Mm-hmm. Um, defence wins championships. That's one of our first episodes. episodes. <laughs> um, I've got a few more things. Chiefs had 300 plus yards for the 15th time this year. Um, and Mahomes is the second fastest quarterback to throw 150 touchdowns in history. Wow. Um, one game behind um, Dan Marino. But yeah. Good win for the Chiefs. Haven't got that wild card game, which I think, like you mentioned, they haven't had that in the last three years. I think that's going to be a big shock to them, especially mm. for Patrick Mahomes, because he's only been there four or five years, isn't he? So he was never really, he would never really have under, or had that week 17, now week 18. Yeah. 18, next week you're playing. They always had a rest. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come up against the Steelers. Um, they've got Big Ben there. I know he's away, but he's obviously wants to keep his 
keep his final game going for for the foreseeable future. Yeah, it's uh, it is a weird one, and I, I completely agree with you on the fact that the Chiefs have to go to this, but they have just, they have just beaten them. So uh, literally two weeks ago, so it, it could be interesting to see what happens in that front. Nice. Uh, next one we have another Saturday night: Dallas Cowboys fifty-one, Philadelphia Eagles. 36. I just think we've said this, we've, we've been really brief with the Cowboys really recently, haven't we? It's just, mm. they're doing the job that they need to do, and they're getting through the stages they need to get through, and they've done it again. Just great momentum heading into wildcard, and I'm very thankful the 49ers got in, because <laughs> they're now dealing with them, and if the 49ers didn't get in, we would have been dealing with them. <laughs> and although we beat them a couple of weeks ago, the AT&T and Kyler's undefeated there, I don't want to mess with Dallas in the playoffs. And I, I may come back next week when we have our review of playoffs and go, oh, they were nothing, they mm. were this, they were that. But that threw for 295 yards with five touchdowns. Yeah. I don't know what more you want, really, heading into playoffs. <laughs> well, you want East surpass Tony Romo for the most touchdowns passes in the season for Dallas. Mm. 37 this year. Um, and Cowboys got 40 or more points for the fifth time this year. So 49ers, and to be fair, anyone they play up against... Um, in the playoffs, they're going to have a real struggle trying to keep up out that offense. Uh, I want to talk about the Eagles for a second because they've they've got to the playoffs. I mean, they've pretty much scraped in. They've they've been a bang average team. I think they've nine seven. They finished maybe. Um, but this is a this is a really interesting stat, which I'm not sure. I mean, it shows they're a bang average team and maybe where the NFC is at the moment. I'm not saying the NFC is an awful division, but the Eagles are 0-7 with teams with winning records, but they're 9-1 and with teams with losing records, so they're almost the most average team you can get. That's not going to bode well for them in the playoffs. I don't think that they would have gone far anyway, but you can always get them a few surprises, like we saw almost in Washington last year. The Eagles, I still think, think have quite a lot of work to do. Um, if you lose in every game against teams with winning records... You're not really going to be. You're not really going to show much progression going mm. forward. It's an interesting one because no one really put them in the frame from the get-go, and mm. it's understandable, as you say, like you know, there's no progression really going on in, in the franchise at the moment, and I think everyone kind of is seeing them as a rebuild, and the last rebuilding teams have been the Browns and the Cardinals, mm. as of note, and they took two two years. Three years with their, yeah, both of them. Three years of their quarterbacks before they broke into franchise, into franchise, into playoffs. Yeah, and we haven't seen that with Hurts. It's his second year, his first year as a permanent starter, mm. and I actually think it's kind of shot themselves in the foot getting the playoffs because they're going to have a high pick. It's free yeah. agency; they may not be as appealing. I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting time in Philadelphia. Uh, and it could come back to bite them in the arse, or it could play incredibly into their hands. Yeah. But as you say, no progression, not a great stat to have heading into playoffs when you've only lost to winning teams. <laughs> um, definitely a team to look out, though, like for free agency, because as in my opinion, it's going to go right or it's going to go left. Mm. And it's going to be interesting to see what avenue it ends up going down. Yeah, I feel like since they got the playoffs two weeks ago, you were like, They've Jalen Hurst has done an amazing job in that, but if you look deeper into it, then that stat, stat saying you haven't won 
against a team with a winning record, it doesn't doesn't look pretty on your on your um, schedule list. Or let's yeah. say, um, okay, it's a bit, bit of a shock, but final week we'll let them go. Green Bay Packers thirty, Detroit Lions thirty-seven. I actually don't have anything on this. I can I can't think of anything, Ben. Uh, well, Rogers wanted game time. Um, he didn't understand why. <laughs> yeah, this is actually what he said to the press straight after. He doesn't understand why teams rest their starters for the whole game because they need to carry on playing. Mm. And especially as you're the number one seed, you have a bye week. So why wouldn't you play? Because you have time to recover. You have time to watch film. You have time to, to progress. Um, so he demanded to start, and he did. Um, my, my, my issue is actually, I mean, firstly, congratulations to the Lions for beating the Packers, regardless of whether it was Love or Rogers receiving the snap. Mm. Um, Rogers is obviously very up in the air about where he's going to be next year. Um, we've spoken about his relationship with Tomlinson on the show, uh, and other coaches are just going to have so much respect for him that you want Rogers in your corner. Yeah. Um, where does this leave the Packers if Rogers goes in the off season? Love had two interceptions and one touchdown with 134 yards and only 10 successful throws. I think that's that's that shows shows everyone where where you stand if Rogers leaves. Jordan Love obviously played he played against the Chiefs yet, yeah, and then he obviously played half a game um, this weekend. They're they're not looking good with him at quarterback. They've the countless years of making bad choices for Aaron Rodgers, not choosing an offensive weapon in ten years in the draft in the first yeah. round. And it's driven Aaron Rodgers to... Be better. Well, it's driven him, him to be better, yeah. but also him to want to leave. Because no. yeah. he's like, you don't have faith in me. You don't have faith in my offense. I ask you to do something, you don't do yeah. it. And it's going to really kick them in the ass Because you look at um, Tom Brady, he's 44. He's still smashing things up. Mm. Aaron Rodgers, 38 or something, 37, 38. Yeah. He's, I wouldn't say he's on par with Tom Brady, but he's definitely up there. He's one place below Tom Brady. And that's going to, it's a, quite a small gap anyway. He can play for another six, seven years at optimum level, but he doesn't want to because He's they don't him. trust him and they don't rely on him and they don't do the things he asks to. So if he leaves, it's a massive kick in the teeth for the Packers and they're going to regret everything they've tr- made over the last 10 years. I'm going to pick up this um, imaginary key and I'm going to okay. slot it into the QB carousel door. Oh. I'm going to turn the knob to the right. Mm. I'm going to pull it open. Yeah. Where does he go? Can't tell you that. <laughs> he wants to. He wants to pay Aaron Rodgers' wages. I, I think he goes to the Steelers. I think he goes to the Steelers because I think they're the. They are that they franchise. Don't, they don't have they? a young QB. Yeah. They, they, they don't do it like Roethlisberger being drafted was odd. They, they normally go for the vets, mm. and you have Najee now, and you you had it with Aaron with um. Was it Aaron's? What's his name? The running back. It is Alex Green Bay, isn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, it's a very similar scheme. Yeah. You and Mike Tomlinson have banter when he's on the sideline and you're playing on the field. That relationship's there. Historic, big franchise. You're in the AFC, so you're not going against the Packers until the Super Bowl. (laughs) And if that's Jordan Love-led, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, That's one I'm really excited to watch. And I'm really excited to see when we do our QB Carousel episode later on in the year. Does he does he only leave if they don't win the Super Bowl? 
Do, or do you I, think, I he's, think it goes? Oh, in, really? In nevertheless, why why would a Super Bowl not be the perfect time to go? Yeah. Win when you're on top. Leave when you're on top. Mm. Because anything that happens when you don't have trust, when you don't get what you want, why stick around? When you've won them a Super Bowl. Yeah, absolutely. Go. Get out of there. <laughs> um, I just want to say on the lines as well, they've had a tricky year. They've been so close so many times, but they've really fought in every single game they've played. And I'll, yeah, massive congrats to them. Is Dan Campbell their coach of the future? Love him. Yeah. Love him. Love him so much. I loved him the first week when he started well, crying. Well, with kneecap. Shit. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely love him. Um, what a man, what a team. Cool. These boys blew it. The yeah. Indianapolis Colts, 11. Jacksonville Jaguars, 26. They've blown it, Ben. The Colts blew it on the final week. Uh, completely bottled a season where I think they had the whole nation and the whole mm. NFL community behind them. I think <laughs> everyone wanted the Colts to succeed. Yeah. Because you have Carson Wentz, who's a bit of a washed-up quarterback and was not treated well by Doug Peterson or, or the Eagles. And he's landed in the hands of his quarterback coach when he was drafted, who's a mm. lovely human being. And you can see that in the interviews. Passionate player. Lovely roster. And if any of you are watching the Hard Knocks or know about the Colts or are a Colts fan, there isn't one big-headed piece of garbage in that team. They're all yeah. so humble. They're all there for one another. It is a team you want to succeed. Um, Taylor only ran for 77 yards. That's unheard of this year. Mm. With no touchdowns. Terrible game for him. Carson had a 4.4 QB rating. 4.4? 4.4. Which, like, let's just say, most QBs normally hit double figures pretty comfortably. Like, yep. they're in the 70s. Yep. <laughs> so the fact you have a 4.4 QB God. rating is pretty abysmal. The Colts went to the worst team in the league and bottled it. Mm. I really hope they've done enough to appeal people in free agency and they have a good draft because I want them to succeed yeah like and I hate saying it but if I had if I had an AFC team the Colts are the team I want to rally behind great history great culture great coach great GM great owner everything about them I love I just think it's shit the Patriots have all that Ben that you said you actually mentioned last week didn't you like you said that the the Colts haven't won a game in Jacksonville since 2015 or 2014. I was like, I think we were both thinking it. I think everyone was thinking it. Um, playing a little bit of devil advocate, being like, oh, could they do it? And yeah, they did do it. Like you mentioned about Jonathan Taylor, did you say 76 yards? 77 yards. 77 yards. Now the Colts haven't made the playoffs. Does that take Jonathan Taylor out of the no, MVP? No, I, I, don't no? Think, I don't think so. It, uh, and this is, how late are they? Okay, they're not far away. So I'm going to save that point. Um, I, I don't think so. I think if you look at what he's done, he has been incredible. Mm. And the, the quarterbacks are normally the ones who get this little bit of light and this little bit of leeway if they bottle it or if they muck up, but they still had a stupendous season. So why can't it be Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. Because it's the exact same thing for him in this situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Trevor Lawrence throws two touchdowns and 223 yards. Good game from him. Good, good, good way to finish your season. I'm, I'm happy for that because yeah. whoever comes in, if it's Doug Peterson, if it's Brian Flores, mm. I mean, personally, I would love Brian Flores to team up with Trevor Lawrence. I think Great, that's going to be, that would be a very dangerous combo yeah. for a very long time as well. 
Um, but we'll get into that later on. Uh, but with that, Jags get the first round pick again. That's two they years do. in a row that they get the number one pick. Mm. I think they're going to go defense because I think their offense is fine. Yeah. I just think the leadership group wasn't great, <laughs> as, we, as we now know. Um, is that roster with a number one pick? Uh, my worry is, are they going to be like the Browns? Are they going to go next year with a new coach and go 0-17? Oh, or 1-16? and 16, Or 2-15? and 15? Are they going to have another year where they just don't quite click? I think they probably do. I don't think mm. one that number one draft pick can change your season around like like they thought this year. Um, I think the massive, massive issue they had was letting Leonard Fournette go to the Bucks and releasing and him. And Jalen Ramsey. And Jalen Ramsey. You know, I think they're... Some bad decisions have just cost them for the next three, four, five years for the Jags. Um, there is improvement there. There's obviously improvement there. They've won two games instead of one last year or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, you have an extra week, though, to be fair. But they, yeah. They've won three, haven't they? Have they been three? Miami, Bills. Oh, yeah, maybe they did yeah, win three. three. Oh, you're right. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they're getting, getting anywhere anytime no. soon. Um, quickly, I just want to go back to Carson Wentz. Eight games this year, he's had less than 200 yards. Yeah. And they got a serious run game with the Colts. That's basically what got them... To well, one game, yeah. Do the Colts regret giving the Eagles a 2021 third round pick and a 2022 first round pick to get Carson Wentz? Is that a bad call are they from Frank? Are they all confirmed though? Because there are incentives on them, and I can't remember what the incentives were. I don't know. I think they're all confirmed. If they are all confirmed, if they are all confirmed, I don't think so. I don't think so. You don't mean they regret it? I don't think so. Because Jonathan Taylor, I, I think if you look at it, right, Jonathan Taylor had an okay season last year based on his stats and people didn't really know who he was and he just kind of, not flew under the radar, but did what he needed to. Mm. And this year you've come out expecting Carson Wentz to be your franchise player. Yeah. And he's not. Jonathan Taylor is. Mm. But then... You, you would go, right, who's, who's his partner in crime? You, you would normally say Carson Wentz, but it's not, it's Quentin Nelson. Yeah. And you can, in the Hard Knocks episode, he literally says, why wouldn't you run behind Quentin Nelson? Mm. And he's absolutely right. He's the best guard in the game. He's the best O-lineman in the game, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, so all the stress comes off of Carson's shoulders because it's like, okay, I have Jonathan, I have a great O-line, I have a good defence, I have a great head coach who has trust in me. It's going to take a couple of years. Of course it is. He, had, he was put in a very shit situation in Philadelphia. And I actually think, other than the Jags game, he did a lot of good things again that we didn't see in the last two years in Philadelphia. So I think if they can hold in there, trust it, they're going to be fine. And I don't think they will regret it. Interesting point. Very interesting. Um, you got to remember, to be fair, though, he did, he did take the Eagles pretty much to the Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Cool. Washington football team, which they won't be much longer, 22. Giants, 7. Nothing. No, me neither. <laughs> um, probably the end of the road for Joe Judge, but we're not sure. Apparently he had a meeting with the players yesterday talking about the future. However, I can't see them going ahead with him much longer, or surely. Or Jones. Yeah. Um, Chicago Bears, 17. Minnesota Vikings, 31. 
both teams sacking their coaches G- the day and after. GMs. And GMs. Well, my point was, and this was before the GMs were announced, but it was just the head coaches. Actually, no, it wasn't. No, yeah, it was. Uh, two new franchises next year. Mm. Two new rebuilds in the same division. Yeah. So, if you're the Packers, Aaron Rodgers again, leaves. I, it's the time to go. Yeah. It's a rebuilding division, mm. and we'll see how the NFC was last year. The NFC East was last year with the with the North now. That's going to be an interesting two teams to watch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Chicago Bears went on fourth down six times. They tried. Um, poor play calling ended up pretty much sacking Matt Nagy, which is, I think is right probably thing. one of the reason. Yeah, bad game management, bad play calling. Um, it was always going to happen. Cool. Tennessee Titans twenty eight. Houston, Texas, 25, a close one in the AFC South. Uh, the Titans get a one seed off a good win, in my opinion, heading yeah. into the playoffs. You know, the Texans fought very well this season mm. with literally having nothing on their roster other than a left tackle uh, with a big name. Um, so I think that's that's a game that proves they can win the squeaky bum ones. Yeah. You know, when everything is stacked in your favour, mm. can you deliver? Yeah. Um, so I actually think I actually, it's kind of regrettable. I feel like the Titans are a bit of a uh, a team that people don't want to like. I think they kind of created that culture based on what they did last year with the Ravens and mm. picked fights in very weird places. <laughs> That's how Matt Vrabel is. Um, but a very good win heading into the playoffs for them. And home advantage all the way through the playoffs. And Derek Henry back. And Derek Henry back. That's it. Um, still don't Cool. Pittsburgh Steelers 16, Baltimore Ravens 13. The Big Ben train continues. The Steelers are ending the Ben era with a bang no matter what happens in the playoffs. Yeah. And I think it's the only fair farewell that yeah. he deserves. He's one of them in the Super Bowl. He's got them playoffs. I think there's only one season he's been in Pittsburgh where he hasn't got them playoffs, or two maybe. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's a very, very good number for yeah. him. Um, a tribute to a great soldier who's worn the black and yellow. So... Mm. Yeah, I think off the back of Big Ben being a tribute, great soldier in, in Still City, you got someone up and coming, TJ Watt on the other side really? of things, tying Michael Strahan for a single season sack record. God, that's a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> 22 and a half sacks. He just seems to be getting better and better. Is he going to be better than his big old bro, JJ? Is he going to be better than him? Well, JJ's got three defensive players of the year. May I have, may I have, may I have, may I have. <laughs> Uh, I am now backing him as he's a cardinal. Um, no, he is. He is, isn't he? He's going to get better, really. He's, he's... The thing is with JJ is he's very much a one-trick pony. Mm. Gets to the quarterback, gets in his face, does the job. But that's kind of territory with the role that he plays yeah, in the absolutely. defensive rush. Uh, TJ's an, an outside linebacker, so there's obviously a lot more deep pocket presence as well, and interceptions, passes denied, man coverage. There's a lot more. And the fact that he's Broken the NFL single season sack record? Tied it. Tied it. Yeah. Defensive player of the year right there. And if it's not, we know it's rigged. Because he should have got it when <laughs> Stephen Gilmore got it. And that was pure daylight robbery. Cool. So, next game. Cincinnati Bengals, yeah. 16. Cleveland Browns, 21. Um, I want to deal with the Browns first before we get on to the Bengals. Because oh. I feel like the Bengals are going to be a lot of praise. Oh. And, just, and rightly so. Um, obviously, you said earlier on about Baker... And Stefanski and the Browns agreeing to, or verbally agreeing to, a future together. Um, for those of you who are wondering why that's a uh, shock, other than 
that Baker's been pretty crap. Um, there was beef this week and through the season between the head coach of the Browns and the quarterback of the Browns. Um, Baker had openly said he dislikes Stefanski's play calling on offense. Not once, but twice. Uh, you don't really say that as a quarterback <laughs> in public. You say it behind closed doors and you get it sorted. I don't think that's just an American football thing. I think that's a life as a professional athlete. I don't know things you say face to face. There are things you say to the, uh, to the press conference. And there are things you say behind closed doors. And he has taken one of those behind closed doors things and made it public. Um, but, as you say, they've had a productive conversation. And supposedly, Baker's taken the Browns board with Stefanski. Uh, what does this do for them next year? Because Stefanski was coach of the year last year. And their GM did a, an incredible job, a job with drafting and free agency. But where does it leave them? Because does everyone stay? Do people want to go there? They're in possibly, in my opinion, the second most open conference in the NFL behind mm. the NFC West. Uh, division, sorry. Um, what happens to them? What happens to them? I don't think you can tell with the Browns. You're they loving are... this tonight. You're loving taking the middle ground, aren't you? You don't really want to offer your opinion. All right, then. Do you want me to offer my opinion? Yeah. 0-6-17. No. Um, I feel like this is the wrong decision. I mean, all the quarterbacks you're going to have on the board, if you get to Sean Watson, he was fantastic. Where he took the Texans, if you have to Sean... If, you, if you're a player, Ben, you come out of the draft or you're a free agent or something, and you go, okay, then... Uh, you've got the Cleveland Browns here. Do you want to go with Baker Mayfield there or Deshaun Watson at quarterback? Deshaun. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like this is the incorrect move. You've had Baker for four years, correct? Is that right? Five? Yes, this was his fourth year. Four years. You've made the playoffs once. You, you haven't done fantastic. You've gotten a few great players. You've got Mars Garrett. You've still come got... Out, come out of the rebuild. Yeah, you've got Jarvis Landry. You've still got the Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb at the, at the running back spots. But quarterback, I don't have any trust in Baker. And I think there are so many quarterbacks that are going to be on the building blocks in um, come the offseason. I think it's it's a risky move to take. Because like we mentioned a few weeks ago, after this year, you may you, teams may have their quarterbacks for the next three, four, five years. And yeah. if Baker doesn't do it, then you're either going to get a rookie or you're just going to be shit. It'll be interesting <laughs> to see what deal they strike with them, won't it? I mean, whether it's yeah. one year or a big time deal. Yeah, it's, yeah absolutely. If it's a big time deal and you don't like it, you're not going to trade him away very easily. Mm. But if it's one year deal, you get it done, you build on it, and if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If it works, you put in the big money. But anyway, I'm done with the Browns. I'm done with them being in our podcast for the 2021 <laughs> season. I'm moving on to the Bengals. And we spoke about the MVP race. And this is a little birdie. He's a bit of a Robin this year, who I think has flown massively under the radar. Joe Burrow deserves to be in that talk. And if if he doesn't, and if any of you listeners or anyone who's new to the show believes he shouldn't be in, look at what he's done the last three weeks. And I know, and I know, and I know it's a whole season thing. He's taken... The poorest NFL franchise, because they haven't got an indoor facility, to the playoffs for the first time in four years with a positive record. Mm. Not only that, he's put up two 
plus 400 yard games with over four touchdowns in each, was it? As well? Yeah, 500, plus 500 yard, one of them. There you go. How can he not be put in that in that pot with Jonathan Taylor, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady? Mm. It doesn't make sense to me because they had not they went nine and no ten and seven. 10 and seven. Yeah, that's a good record. That's a very good record from where they were before. It's outstanding. Exactly. He deserves to be in there. And the other person for me who deserves Offensive Rookie of the Year is Jamal Chase. Yeah. Gets a single season receiving. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Gets single season receiving yards in a season in Cincinnati beating. Ocho Cinco, who was a madman, but Jamar Chase is going to beat almost every receiving record in Cincinnati, and I thoroughly believe that. That is a threatening offense with Joe Mixon in the mix, and the defense is only going to get stronger. If they can get an indoor facility, people will go ring chasing behind Joe Burrow. He is. That team is a really scary yeah. team, and they're going to be scary for the next 10 years. Um I think Joe Burrow is definitely. I know you're saying that people overlook. I, I don't overlook it then. I'm on your. I'm on your. <laughs> I'm on your. I don't think he'll get it just because. Second season. Yeah. But he is definitely in that conversation. And the biggest stat of them all is that he's had the most prayer of the weeks for the Division B podcast this season. So. Uh, <laughs> that's the deciding factor. That's it. That's it. That's all you hear us. NFL panel. Look, look at. Look, look, look. Twice. He's done it twice. Yeah. Um. Outstanding team, outstanding season. They should be very proud of themselves, especially in that conference and uh, that division as well. Like you say, smashed it, yeah. absolutely smashed it. What would be interesting, and I know this is very much a one thing that we've only just thrown out there. Rogers at the Steelers, two games a year. Burrow v Rogers, at least two games because you never know if they both get playoffs. Superb, superb. Um, they made the playoffs by the skin of their teeth. The San Francisco 49ers, twenty-seven. Los Angeles Rams, 24. Despite that, the Rams still win the NFC West. Yeah, the Rams didn't look as convincing as they should have done heading into um, wild card game against a divisional rival with a quarterback who has never won a division uh, a, a playoff game. Um, <laughs> it's not great for the Rams, in my opinion. <laughs> I, I, I shouldn't be the one saying this. You should be because we're playing them, which means I've jinxed it. Great. <laughs> we're out of the playoffs. Um, but... Slightly worrying. Slightly worrying, I think. I, I do think it's different. The playoffs, as a lot of people say, is a new season, almost. Mm. Um, so, interesting for the Rams. You got anything on them? Um, the Rams, I've got... Sean McVay was 45-0 and 0 when leading at half-time. But the old saying says, all good things must come to okay. an end. The last first time in 45 games where he's been leading in half-time and he's lost. Does that take a hit on him mentally? I don't know. We'll see in the future, but that streak has been broken. It's finally broken. That could be a whole different outcome to to what happens there. Um, did you want to talk about the 49ers? Yes. I, I thought they played their hearts out. I actually watched this game uh, alongside the Cardinals game. Um, Jimmy G leading with an injured thumb and saying throwing the ball wasn't comfortable. But you do what you do. Well, you do what you need to in the NFL, and he did that. 316 yards, only one touchdown and two interceptions, but I think two interceptions in a game where you must win shows their mindset. They weren't settling for anything other than big plays. And Debo Samuel was incredible for them. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I think it's great that there's three NFC West teams in the playoffs for, for, for our division. Mm. I think it shows the competition is there. 
Uh, and if the Seahawks sort themselves out in this off-season, you're going to have all four teams in the mix again. Oh, and if Jimmy G stays at the 49ers, there's a lot of what-ifs and a lot of factors that always is in the NFL. Um, but I'm, I'm, I was happy to see them in. Mm. I was very happy. Yeah, to see them I in. like seeing the 49ers in. First time they're playing the Cowboys since 1974 as well, I believe, where... Um, in the playoffs. In, in, in the playoffs, yeah. in the NFC Championship, I think that was. So that's going to be a great game. Don't think they'll win that, but I think that even them getting there, especially because Jimmy G was out for about a quarter of the season, is huge. Um, you touch on De- um, De- Debo, uh, Debo Samuel <laughs> there. He's had eight rush, ta- rush touchdowns this year, which you think, that's not a lot. Bear in mind, this man is a wide receiver. Um, most rush touchdowns by a wide receiver in NFL history, and he also threw a passing touchdown this year. He's as versatile as Taysom Hill. Um, fantastic win for the 49ers. Like mentioned, they're in the playoffs. You also talk about Jimmy G. Yeah. Does Jimmy G stay in San Francisco at the end of the and season? You're putting, you putting the key in that door again, Brandon. I'm getting the key, Ben. I'm taking it off your hands. <laughs> you locked it up. I'm putting it back in. Turn it to the right. Open the door. There's quite a few heads in there. Can you see Jimmy's at the back? Yes or no? I think I can. You can. And but then do you rely on Trey Lance? No, you don't. Ooh! Yeah. I'm, right, here you go. go. I'm gonna, this is an on-the-spot thought. We haven't spoken about this before. I feel like I'm doing a magic trick. I haven't met Brandon before the show based on this <laughs> theory. Um, I'm going to propose this theory to you, and you can tell me whether you like it or not. Okay. Jimmy G goes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure whether it's the end of his contract or not, but we find out. Cam Newton is obviously on the end of his contract for <laughs> the Panthers. Hear me out. You put Trey in as QB1, but who does he play most like? Cam Newton. You bring Cam Newton in behind him and you say to Cam, we want you for three years as backup. You're going to get paid good money. You're going to live in San Francisco, which is a hot spot. Other than tax, it's a great place to live. You're going to be the fu- you're going to set up the future of, of our franchise. Where does that leave Jimmy G? I sad, I know, but I reckon go somewhere like New York. Go to the Giants or, or, um, or the Vikings, for example, with their mm. new head coach. Go and make somewhere your home for two years where you don't have competition because no one's going to. There isn't really any threat of a lot of QBs in this draft class. So, like, outside the top 10, I'll be very surprised to see a QB go. Mm. Um, so, that's, that's where I see it. I like your Jimmy G theory. Yeah. I feel like you have to go to one of them lower. Or Denver. Mid, or, or Denver. Yeah. Or Carolina. One of them teams. You know the team we're talking about. Jimmy G, Cam, Trey. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> However, I feel like Cam Newton is... Done. Washed up. Yeah. Mm. Just go, mate. I think as much as he's been fantastic, I wouldn't trust... If I was a 49ers fan, I wouldn't like Trey Lance being my starting quarterback after what we've seen this year. He's had a few, he's had a few times, but it looks yeah. like he can only rush instead of really passing at the moment. He's going to get better. He's, he's number four pick this year. Um, but for now, I don't think... I, I'm going to disagree with you, and I think they keep Jimmy G for maybe another season or two, and then... I mean, they made the playoffs this year. Mm. Um, and then maybe have Trey Lance come in. Um, and this may, maybe a little bit too risky to put Trey in there as your starting QB for next season. Unless... They managed to find a gem in free agency. Maybe you're going to get Kirk Cousins or someone yeah. in the free agency. There's, I mean, we don't even know who's going to be a free agent. There could be so many quarterbacks that they can get that. But if it's not Jimmy G, I don't think it can be Trey. No, that's, that's fair enough. Um, 
Anything else on the 49ers? No, that's it with me. Cool. Um, the Carolina Panthers, 17. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 41. Yeah, I'm going to completely go over the Panthers, apart from say, I don't know if Matt Rule's job is confirmed. Mm. I think there's going to be talks. I don't know what's going to happen. Um, Panthers need a lot of help. And it could take a few years, which is weird, because in our time in the NFL, they've only been a threat. Another thing that came out today is that the GM of the Panthers has said if someone makes a big trade offer for Christian McCaffrey, we will look at it. So is that them opening the doors to a rebuild and saying, you know what, we need to do it. Mm. Uh, that's not for us to discuss in this moment. <laughs> um, I'll pose a question, Brandon. In the NFC, would you rather play the Bucks, the Packers or Dallas in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl? In the Super Bowl? As in like, in either of those games, playoffs or Super Bowl, would you rather play Packers, Dallas, or the Bucks? I mean, probably the, probably the Bucks. Mm. I mean, despite I've got a note here, Brady leads the NFL with over five thousand three hundred passing yards. The man's forty-four years old. Despite that, they just don't look as good. I mean. Actually, no. I think they do look the same as what they did last year. Probably even better. Mm. Well, they finished eleven and five, maybe. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what it was, but the the Cowboys and the Packers have just absolutely shone out of their skin. That I'd be extremely worried. And we talk about the pack, um, the Cowboys scoring over forty points and five times this year. That's only almost a quarter of the season. You're scoring over the forty points, and the Packers are just the Packers. You got Aaron Rodgers there. You got a great team. So if I would come up against one. I'd come up against the Bucks. However, saying that, it just comes to my mind. It's the Bucks with Tom Brady, <laughs> and he loves the playoff. And it's Tom Brady, so no, I still stick with the Bucks. But Tom Brady is does does keep me thinking. Yeah. What? Who would you would you would you say the Bucks as well? Yeah, I just think they're the least convincing team at the moment. Yeah, and as you say, Brady and Gronk in the playoffs are just. They wake up, don't they? Really, they're Messi and Ronaldo. Yeah, they're just it's anyway. Like, it's like regular season for them. Is like you know when the alarm goes off and you point your toes to the end of the bed and you give yourself a little stretch and it's like hi, oh, yeah, okay, I can tackle the day now. And then the playoffs then is like three three pm. You've had your coffee, <laughs> you're marrying on with the work, you've got to set for the rest of the day, and then you go out in the night with your mates to a seven side game, <laughs> two first, and that's what Brady and Grog's like in the playoffs. <laughs> You make excellent points. <laughs> it's a walk in the park for them in the regular season, and it's been for the last 20 years yeah. for Tom. Um, cool. New England Patriots, 24. Miami Dolphins, 33. Not looking at the score, really, because that's kind of dead rubber. We knew what was going to happen. The Dolphins couldn't make playoffs, could they? No, uh, no they got they eliminated couldn't. last week. Um, and obviously, you boys already had it. Um, we, we, we'll get into this deeper. Uh, just a yes or no, or not a yes or no. Short uh, first answer. What's going to happen to Tua? I think he stays. Yeah, I think he stays. I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about more of Brian Flores' leaving as well. Um, but there is one man that said he'd go to Miami if Brian Flores is still there, but he's not there anymore. We'll get into it further. But I think Tua's actually had a great season in terms of where he's been, obviously. Last season he was... Um, doubted heavily by his teammates. Extremely doubted. Yeah. He obviously came back off a... Really bad injury after at the back end of his time at Alabama. He actually went into the draft, still only literally going into practice for the first, mm. like throwing passes for the first time in six months. Um, 
But from where they started to where they ended up, I think it's a really good, really good regime. They may well, regime's going to be gone now, but I think he's actually a, he's actually a star. He's going to be a star one day. Yeah, so do I. Um, I've got some things on the Patriots. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> um, Bill is nine and thirteen down in Miami for New England. Wow. Never enjoy, never enjoy playing there. And the Patriots, we've lost three of our last four, which doesn't put us in good stead for the playoffs. However. Only two players under the age of 25 out of the 10 have beaten Bill Belichick in the playoffs. Josh Allen is the next one to try. I don't think we beat the Bills, but I think I th- as a Patriots fan, this has been a fantastic season. From where we came from last year, Matt Jones is going to be the star of the future in the in the franchise. I'm, I think it's been a success. Do you, do you agree? Yeah, I think the other thing is as well is going back to the point on the, on playoffs again. GMFB coming in clutch for me. Um, Bill doesn't really build his teams for regular season. Mm. He, he builds them for postseason. He, he expects that. He's a bit like Brady and Grant. They're all yeah, waking up well, in the same bed. Well, there you go. Exactly. That's why he drafted them probably because <laughs> he knew that they would, would do that. Yeah. Um, he, he builds his team for playoffs, so I would never say never with them. Don't know what you're going to get. I know it's at the Bills Stadium. Um, if it's rainy, the Patriots seem to love a rainy day. If yeah, it snows, you yeah. always love a snowy day. <laughs> Bill suits that miserable weather as a miserable man himself. Um, so I don't think you can rule them out post I think they're mm. the exact same as Gronk and Brady. I think you're kind of just waking, you're just prodding the beast and you're waiting for him to wake up. But I could be swallowing my words next week. I want to get your, I, I, I know we're going to go more into our predictions later on in terms of what's going to happen in the AFC Championship, NFC and Super Bowl. But when we had, I think it was you, or maybe even Sam, we both said at one point, I think it was our previous one, four, five weeks ago, that the Patriots are going to get to the Super Bowl. You can, don't say yes or no, but say to me, give me hope, or just say, say, you're getting far, or you're not getting far. I think I think you're having a run. I think you are. I think you're getting through wildcard. I, I, I do believe that. I, I think it's... I think it helps that you've got a divisional rival who you've beaten once already who have been very inconsistent through the year. That makes me happy. <laughs> um, now we go on to you boys. I'm going to ask you the same question in a minute, Ben. Um, actually, I'll answer the question for you. Um, Seahawks 38, Cardinals 30. What's happened at the end of the season? Yeah, it's, it's an odd one. I mean, I'm kind of thankful we got 11 wins as early as we did. Oh, or nine wins as early as we did, I should say, to get that winning record. Um, I am worried. Kyle has been in the three seasons that he's been in the league for a period of time that has meant that we don't necessarily receive the record we deserve, uh, which is a, which is a worry. JJ Watt is back for us, which is huge. <laughs> he's been taken off IR. Um, Pat McAfee actually said, is he God? Because he broke his shoulder five weeks ago. Seven weeks ago, sorry. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> and I completely agree. Um, because it doesn't. It doesn't take seven weeks to recover from a broken shoulder. And if JJ came up to me and said, I am God, I'm not going to disagree no, with him at all. Exactly. Even, with, even with a broken um, shoulder. So that's promising. We, we, we have our almost Larry replacement in, in JJ coming in at the right time. Um, again, it's, it's the same scenario as you boys with, uh, over in, in New England. We've got a divisional rival mm. in their stadium and we've beaten them there already. 
I don't know. I don't know. I, we, we haven't seen a postseason Cardinals. We haven't seen a postseason Cliff Kingsbury. We haven't seen a postseason Kyler Murray. We don't know what to expect. Um, obviously, we haven't got D Hop, but AJ Green kind of comes and goes for Kyler. It's a bit of an odd one. Yeah. So, I just hope there's fire in there still. I hope they come on to the field on, on Monday night, the first of a Monday night mm. playoff game. And I hope they give the Rams what they deserve and make it a fight. Because if it's not a fight, I'll worry for the future. But if it is a fight and we lose and we've left everything on the field, then I think it's great for us. You worry for the future? Yeah. Is that head coach? Is that quarterback? Is that GM? I think it's head coach. I think Steve Kime has you given... Love, you love I love Cliff. Well. And you love Cliff as well. And I think I like the whole him. NFL loves Cliff because of the swagger he's got about him. You know? You've know, got the two young coaches in the NFL, Sean McVay and Cliff. Mm. Very different approaches. Sean is constantly on the back of his players, very energetic, very loud, very exuberant. Cliff's more laid back, you know. Mm. Let's the players do the job. And it works a lot of the time. But sometimes it does feel like you just need that, boys, wake up, let's yeah, do it. Absolutely. And it doesn't feel like he always gives it. So my worry is, we have we have the roster. We have the roster to win a Super Bowl. We do. And it's a shame that D-Hop isn't there. Because I think if we have D-Hop, I, d- I actually think we beat the Rams without question. Um, I agree. But... No, I'm, I am worried. I am worried. Yeah, I think... I mean... I feel like there's there's a saying in the NFL saying you're only as good as your last game. And I feel like there's really... To take. I think as in the NFL as a, as a fan base, as us two and as, as everyone, I think we're all guilty of not seeing that 9-0 start or whatever it ends up being. Yeah. Well, ended up was... Have you lost four of your last five or something? Yeah. I haven't won at home since October. I mean, you're you're more in, you're more in touch with the Cardinals, but I still think that I still think you've got a team here. I still think that this is like you say, this is still a rebuilding process. Mm-hmm. You only drafted Kyler about three years three ago, years. right? Um, yeah. And then last off season, you got D Hop, you got JJ White, you got AJ Green. You got it's been unfortunate D Hop's been out for the last three four weeks. Mm-hmm. I still think Zach you're Ertz. Zach Ertz as well. Mm-hmm. He's been fantastic Titan for you. I think you'll be okay. I think you stick with Cliff. I um, I don't want to say I don't think you beat the Rams because you haven't got D Hop. Mm. But next season, you'll be in that position. You know what that's, you need to do. That's what I was about to say. And as well as next year, you're going into a contract year for Kyler, which means he needs to show he's worth the money that Patrick Mahomes is. Because mm. a lot of people are saying he is, and I do, I would agree. When he's fit and when he's playing as well as he can, I actually think he's the best QB in the league. And I know that's probably under the eyesight of a Cardinals fan, but how can you not look at it like that? He throws the ball well. He eludes the pocket better than any QB in the league, in my opinion. Um, And he reads the game very well. Mm. So I kind of hope that, yeah, show fight, lose graciously, head into a a contract year for our best player and show that he's worth it. Um, talking of quarterbacks, on the other side, Russell Wilson he's throws in, he's three in. touchdowns. Yeah, is that his last game in Seattle yeah, uniform? I, th- I think so. I think so. Yeah. Okay. I don't know what else. Just, I think. Do you want? Do you want to open up? Time. Do you want to open up the door again? <laughs> do you have an idea? You, so you're seeing him in there. We said last week. We said the Giants, didn't we? We did. <sighs> I, don't, I don't think he goes there though. I don't think he does. 
Uh, they're too bad for for Russell. I mean, all I'm saying is, right, if you're Mike Tomlin or a Steelers fan base, <clears throat> Charlie, you're getting very excited about this QB carousel. Friend of the podcast. <laughs> well the podcast, done, Charlie. Yeah. Uh, mentioned again somehow. He was messaging me on Sunday going really? like, we've fucking done it, we made the first, I love Mike Tomlin. But you're rubbing your hands together going, whoever we land, we're going to be fucking good. Mm. Because you are going to land one of the big quarterbacks because you're a landing spot, you're appealing and you have that roster. And why wouldn't Russ go there? Maybe, maybe Vegas, maybe Derek Carr goes to Seattle for a few years. Derek Carr's a few years younger than Russ, so it is possible. Um, Denver maybe again. He's he's already said that he wouldn't mind going to Denver. I mm. think if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, maybe Minnesota now. Who knows? <laughs> like so many doors open. I think Russ is actually the least predictable one out of all of them, because if you can build a roster around him, you're extremely dangerous. Like mm. we've seen it with with Rogers, for example. You don't necessarily need a prime roster because he's going to win you games yeah. no matter what. So slightly harder to judge in my opinion. Do you still think Pete Carroll keep um, gets think, yeah, sorry I, I leaves? You still think I, I do. I think, You've had that viewpoint for the last yeah, six weeks, I, right? I don't see how you can look past it. He's an old coach. I'm not saying that's his downside, but a lot of the new coaches that are young, mm. they're, they're they're putting in their plans. And after you look at what Nick Sirianni's done this year in Philadelphia, yeah. why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. And even Sean McVay over the last six mm. years in LA, and I just think is if there's a time to throw everything into the rebuild, it's now. Because if you only part rebuild with your players, in two years' time, Pete's going to retire anyway. Yeah. So, interesting. Cool. We've got two more games left. It's been a long one. Um, <laughs> the New Orleans Saints 30, Atlanta Falcons 20. Despite the win, they didn't get the playoffs. Saints fall short, but they did what they needed to. Yeah. And, I mean, the fact that Jameis obviously tore his ACL uh, mid-season when he was playing very well mm. um, is a shame and I, I really hope they, they, they bounce back next year with Jameis because that's going to be a fun team to watch if yeah. they do it if with Mike Tom, uh, with Mike Thomas back with their defence staying with their O-line there they've got everything in place mm. they just need fitness yeah um, despite not making the playoffs they finished 9-8 season first year without Breeze had so many injuries played with four different quarterbacks even having a winning record with that is Unbelievable, um, and I think it really shows Sean Payton's worth at the Saints and also his experience at playing with four different quarterbacks and still getting a winning record. And again, one game out of the playoffs that's an just excellent coaching job. The belief in your coaches and the, and the coaches' belief in the players it just shows how important it is because yeah. no way did they have the right to finish with a positive record in the NFL. Mm. No way. Um, final game apart from the Chargers Raiders, what you've already spoken about. Jets 10, Bills 27. Yeah, the only thing I've got is Bills got that momentum win. That's the, only, that's the only thing that I see them taking into next week against you boys is that we have momentum and I just stay there. That's, yeah. that's the only difference in my opinion. Yeah, that's it. That's half done, finally. <laughs> <laughs> that's the sound. And um, you're probably thinking... That's normal, and it is normal. But we don't just have a fun Thursday, we have a fun half. We are going to be above and beyond. It may hit two hours, but hopefully you've enjoyed every it. step of the way. It's, it's been a biggest big, season ever. Biggest season ever. Biggest, biggest episode ever. <laughs> um, so we're going to move into a bit of fun now with our classic Believe It or Not and then What If, and then we'll head back into the 
deep, meaningful conversation. Um, believe it or not, Brandon. Okay. You first or me? You can go first, sir. Believe it or not, Brandon. Mm. The goalposts used to be at the front of the end zone until the 1993 season. It's like rugby then, right? Yeah, same layout as the pitch, yeah. I mean, 1993 is really recent. It's like the last 30 years. Uh, I've seen videos from recent... Well, not recent. I've seen videos from like 70s, 80s. And as far as I'm aware, I've never seen goalposts in front of the end zone. I've always seen them behind. So I'm not going to believe it. Well done. Yeah, I tried tricking you out of the numbers. I'm not going to lie. It was 1974 they changed oh, really? the back of the end zone. Oh, shit. So I never thought they ever had it. In no, it was, it was the first one of the end zone. Wow. Yeah. And then the commissioner at the time, I can't remember his name, thought it prohibited some plays from being made. And it has. Yeah, yeah, think about the amount of clutch plays that happen in the centre of the field now. Mm. So, there you go. Interesting. Cool, Ben. Believe it or not, all NFL footballs are made in one manufacturing warehouse. Apart from the Super Bowl football, which is made at the Pro Football Hall of Fame each year. I've seen this. I can't remember. <laughs> I'm going to believe. You shouldn't believe. Oh, they're all made in one, aren't they? They're all made oh, in one. Yeah. yeah. They're all made in, I think, oh. it's called, I think it's in Arda, Ohio, at Wilson. Wilson, yeah. But I thought, I may trick him out and say, it like, the, make sense. the Super Bowl. Because they're I, special, aren't they? I was going to add on to it, but I thought, too much information is is never good. I was going to be like, yeah, they put it in a warehouse. There's like, there's like a basement which they make in, but no, unfortunately not. All right, Brian, this is my last ever, believe it or not, of the 2021 season. <gasps> and it's a good one, I must say. I'm quite happy with this one. Okay. The Harbour brothers, Jim and John, mm. have a combined record in the NFL as coaches as 197, 118 and 1. Now, John is currently the head coach at Michigan. Yeah. That's, that, that, I, I always get me excited. Jim is no, at the Jim. Ravens. That's oh, Jim. it's Jim's at... <laughs> Jim's at Michigan. Yeah. Jim's at Michigan. John's at Baltimore. Jim was at the 49ers. John stayed at Baltimore. John continued at Baltimore. He continued. Um, they both got to the Super Bowl. That's Basically, the only logic I have it off. I don't know how many years Jim was in the NFL before moving to Michigan. Um, 197, 118, you got to win the majority of games. I'm going to believe that. Brandon, full you've house. got a full house. Yes! Way to end on top. Yes! You're doing Aaron Rodgers. Are we carrying on with this or are we stopping? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to stop. Yes, Breaking it's true. News. They both met in the Super Bowl in 2013 and has been named the Harbour Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> you are right, John's only been a head coach at Baltimore. Um, Jim was at the Chargers was and the 49ers mm. and somewhere else. And I can't remember the, the other place and at San Diego at the time when the Chargers were there, whether he was head coach or not. But right. he has been there for a period of time. But yes, it's true. The Harbour's record and counting, as we know of right now, yeah, it's 197, 118 and 1 wow. in the NFL. We'll talk about a bit more of Jim later on. 
with all the head coach jobs available at the moment. Cool, Ben. Believe it or not, the final believe it or not until next... Till we know. Till we know. <laughs> um, as of 2017, I say as of, it's up to 2017. 19 of the top 20 broadcasts in US histories were Super Bowls. 19 of the top 20 in US well, history. Well, I know that the world viewing is the 100 metres men's final for the Olympics and Champions League and the World Cup final. They're the three biggest things annually when they each mm. individually happen. And then it's the Super Bowl. And the Americans don't really watch soccer. And they'll watch the 100 metres because they're thick and they're like yeah America so yeah and then they won't watch actually they, some of them do watch the World Cup but I don't I know it's bad to say but there's obviously a lot of Mexicans in the US now and they love football so they can watch it I don't believe you should have believed no on no I'm an idiot I'm an idiot I said the wrong thing oh dear well, you should have thought about the 100 metre sprint that being every four years. Yeah. Um, but you should have believed. If you say you believed, I'm not going to give it to you anyway because that means I win. Um, <laughs> no, I wouldn't. I got the first one wrong anyway. Oh, yeah. You can have that if you want. But it's more fun to say you finished the season. The most popular oh. of the Super Bowls was Super Bowl 49 in 2015 between the New England Patriots and the Seattle Seahawks, where someone. Someone. Uh, I mean, we're not we're not confirming it yet, but you'll see. Um, the <laughs> game was watched by 120.7 million viewers and was seen in 49.7% of all US households. Um, the only one, I, uh, I hear you ask, which didn't make it into the top 20, was the finals, the series finale of MASH. Never heard. I've heard of MASH. It's, it looks like that. It's got, it's like M... Asterix, Asterix, a, Asterix, a, a season finale of that in 1983, which was viewed by 105.9. 19 of the top 20. Yeah. What else do they watch on TV? Jeopardy. <laughs> Jeopardy. <laughs> if Aaron yeah. Rodgers see. If he, if he leaves Green Bay, there we go. Yeah. Well, he's got a job there. That's it. Believe it or not, the 2021 season, done. I want to see what our yearly record is, but I'd if kind of also go, know. If you want to go back and listen to the uh, 23 episodes you've had this year, you can go for it. Now. We will pay someone £5 to do that for us. Thanks. Because <laughs> that's out of our pockets. <laughs> <laughs> um, we move on to What If. Uh, Brandon struggled with this week. Yeah, uh, I did. I, I found it quite easy. I, just, I, I found that What Ifs come to you, you don't go looking for the What Ifs. Mm. What if they don't come to you, though? <laughs> oh, God. Oh. Um, Brandon. Hello. What if Ben Roethlisberger knew the Steelers had it in them to make the playoffs this year? Would he have made the decision to retire, probably, because he hasn't actually confirmed it yet? Um, and would he try and stay for the 2022 season, or would Tomlinson move on with someone new? So you're saying that if he knew... If he knew that they had it in them oh, right. to get would to he the stay? playoffs this year, would he have said, I'm going to... Because, like... He probably would have known to himself at the beginning of the season, this is my last hurrah, mm. let's go out and just do what I can. But if he knew that they were going to get to the playoffs, would he stay for another year? I don't think he will, because I think what we both said today is, well, 
remember you saying it about Aaron Rodgers. If he wins a Super Bowl, the best way to leave mm. a team is to go out on a high. So if he knew that he could get in the playoffs, then he can really get anywhere. If you go out in the AFC Championship game, you're like, you know what? I've taken you one game away from the Super Bowl. It probably won't yeah. get any better than this with the teams that are up and coming. Um, I still, I think, I think he probably leaves if if yeah. he knew playoffs are guaranteed because you want to go out on a high, and that's what he's doing now. And I think that's why the whole team has really backed him the last few weeks since he's announced that he's probably going to be leaving. He wins against was it the Browns and then wins yeah. against the Ravens. You know, two divisional rivals. Since he said that. They want to play for him, and he wants to. He wants to get as far as he can. What do you think? Oh, I would say the same. Yeah. Uh, almost exactly to the team. So I'm going yeah. on the same page. <laughs> cool, Ben. Um, what if? What if the Colts never went for Wentz and instead tried for Fields or Jones, or went into free agency to get Winston, Goff, Stafford, etc.? What would have happened? So, well, Goff and said, Stafford were trade. This is hypothetical, Ben. Okay. This is what yeah. it is. Um, so what if they never went for Wentz, but went for a rookie, or went for your Jameis Winstons, your yeah. Jared Goffs, in, your Matt Staffords? In that scheme, would they be better? I think in that scheme, I actually think Mac Jones would be as good as he is in the Patriots. I actually think it's, it would suit him all, almost as much as it suits him in the Patriots. Mm. Um, so I think Matt Jones would be a great success. I don't see, actually... Uh, Fields or Trey Lance being successful down there. I don't think that's the type of football they play. Yeah, they were very successful with Andrew Luck. They were very successful with Peyton Manning. Not so with Jacoby Brissett. They were good with Phil Rivers, although mm. he could hardly throw a ball, but still managed to get a playoff somehow. Um, so Mac Jones would be as successful in my opinion. Other free agents are hard because Frank Reich obviously had a relationship with Carson Wentz. And yeah, he hasn't had that with anyone else. Mm. Um, so I think it's kind of harder to to put people because that's the thing with, with someone you've had a relationship with or with a, with a rookie they're open to new suggestions Yeah. with a veteran they're coming to you with their ideas going this is how I played at my previous franchise so Goff I don't think would have worked because I think he's very similar to the Lions I think he probably said to Dan Campbell we need to try this we need to try that this is what was successful for me this just wasn't uh, Stafford he's just he's a bottle man you know he, just what he does he gets paid to bottle um the one man who i think would put it back is deshaun watson had he gone there mm. uh, obviously the allegations restricted him from even yeah. being spoken to so Jameis? no i don't, I don't think no. so I, I think i actually think carson was their only option like looking back on it now mm. um realistic option i should say um and i actually think it's going to bode well for them yeah. in the next few years so I don't think they should have any regrets and look back and go we should have gone for this guy or we should have gone for that guy nice very interesting okay well that that was a fun way to, to wrap up yeah we just watched a live video of believe it or not once again I really want to say it Ben but I can't we can't confirm anything so. I, can't, I really want to say it though well we can't um, can we give him a hint we might We the contact we've had the, with the NFL player may have progressed that's what I'm saying. I'm not saying any more than that. NFL player. Remember. Former NFL player. Um, Former Super Bowl roster. Right. <coughs> Coach firings. So, if you don't mind, I'll, I will go for it. We'll start with Vikings. So, the Minnesota Vikings, as previously mentioned, um, have released their head coach, Mike Zimmer, and GM, Rick Spillman. Um, 
The Bears have also followed suit, going with their head coach and GM. So that's Matt Nagy and Ryan Pace gone. Um, I've got a couple of notes from them, but we'll come back. The Dolphins part ways with Brian Flores, which is rather political, um, which we'll cover again. And the Broncos part way with head coach Vic Fangio. Uh, Brandon, where do we start? I'll start with Vic, who was the first one to go. Um, obviously, Saturday night. I've got his overall here at Denver. He's 19 and 30. Um, two fourth place finishes in three years there. Obviously, not ideal. Um, I feel like at the end of the season, he was quite unlucky with Bridgewater because yeah. I think he had a really good start. The Broncos, had a, I think they went 4 and 1 and 3 and 1. Um, but overall, if you look at his tenure, 19 and 30 isn't good. They haven't regressed. They're in a division where everyone's getting better than them um and question is he could go back to what i'm hearing is he could go back to the chicago where he was defensive coordinator there for three years mm. so we'll see about that but not surprised by this no. however i feel like external factors i.e bridgewater being injured um may have actually played a part in this sack in which isn't ideal for him no i think that's it wrapped up for him <laughs> yeah. You say the next. You say the next coach. Okay, I, I'm going to go with uh, the Bears. Actually, mm. uh, Matt Nagy. I haven't actually got a lot of stats like you in terms of numbers. Have you got anything on his record? Uh, four seasons with 52% win rate. It's not great. It's not great with three starting QBs. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Ryan Pace. He was the man who traded away Khalil Mack to the right. Uh, no, who bought in Khalil Mack. Um, so, obviously, started tremendously. Um, but also, he was the man who drafted Mitch Trubisky. Um, ahead of Pat Mahomes. Ahead of Lamar Jackson. Uh, ahead of Deshaun Watson, I believe. I think they're all in the same draft class. Uh, odd behaviour. Not built challenging roster other than Khalil Mack and Justin Fields who I think is going to be a great player um, I, I really hope the Bears get back to their history they haven't really been there since I couldn't even tell you who their big name mm. past is and yeah. like other than the 80s when their defence was unreal and they, yeah. they won multiple titles on their defence so that's going to be really interesting to see what the Bears do there um, yeah, regarding the Bears, I mean, just hearing what you said there, it's changed my point and view about it a little <laughs> bit. Because I was thinking he actually did a pretty decent job there. I mean, over his four years, he's got to the playoff twice. He went he went out in the wild card both times, to be fair. Um, but with three different quarterbacks, like you say, making it work every single year, to some extent, getting, getting to the playoffs half that time, I think he's actually a, I think he's actually a good coach. I think just in Chicago, like we've seen over the last 10, 15 years, they haven't actually had a proper player to play there. They yeah. need they need to have some they need to rebuild and actually stick with a rebuild instead of mm. trying to rebuild it again, which I think may have hindered him, but like you say with all them bad game managements and choices drafting Mitch Trubisky ahead of Patrick Mahomes um, etc. I think maybe that's yeah, that's probably where he's gone. It's, yeah, I, I completely agree. The real build, the rebuild needs to be in place, and they need to just accept for a year that they're not going to be good. Mm. And I think that's the issue is that he's always said to the fan base, "We're competing this year when they're not." Yeah. Um, but yeah. Shall I, I take, take the next one? Do you take the next one? I'll take Mike Zimmer. 
Um, Vikings firing him. He's had eight years in Minnesota, 56% win record, three playoff runs, but last two seasons without playoffs, which across his eight years was the longest streak, only two seasons. Um, and I feel like Kirk Cousins may be going with him. I think what the GM, like you say, is now, the, or the owner now, because he sat the GM, he sat <laughs> the head coach. I think what he may do now, if Kirk Cousins leaves, He's just getting rid of the old and bringing in the new. You you got Justin Jefferson, who's gonna, who's basically a captain. He's he's the star man, a young a young player. Um, I think that's just gonna be yeah, out of the old, in with the new. Not too surprised, but he's had a, he's had a good journey there. Not too bad. Yeah, no, it's. I think I, I'm excited to see what the Vikings do. Mm. But I actually think out of anyone there, they're gonna be the most exciting franchise. Yeah. So, that's gonna be good. Um, we get on to the final team then. Uh, with the Dolphins fighting ways with, with Brian Flores. Um, I have never seen anything negative about Brian Flores. Like, he's taken them to two winning records in the last two years. He's been there for three years? Three, uh, years, three, three years, yeah. Three years, two of which are winning records. Yeah. Um, it was a confusion at first when I first saw him go. Um, mm. But then things rolled out and... People had started saying not only didn't like him, he didn't like Tua, Tua didn't like him. And that just is tragedy waiting to happen. So in that front, politics gets involved. It's a bit crap, really. Um, But Brian Flores, wherever he goes, is going to make that team incredible. And if he goes to the Jags, like we said already in this episode, that team is going to be dangerous. Uh, People want to play for him. Mm. So, I mean, if the I mean, pairing the Vikings with Flores, and the Vikings seem to be quite open for their GM and head coach to make decisions. That would be exciting. Yeah, I think he's a great coach. Like you say, he's had three seasons there. Two of them were in went uh, winning records. He only had a not forty nine percent win rate, but that was his first season, mm. which I think actually shows you how much he's changed that franchise. Because the first season, I don't know what his record was, maybe three and fourteen or something. But the way he's changed over that franchise to get two um, winning records, unfortunately, he's been very unlucky with not being able to get playoffs in either and two, winning 10 and 6 last year. Yeah. Didn't get playoffs. I think the big thing is the inconsistency. You start the season 1 and 7, but then you go and win your next eight games. Um, and I think, like I mentioned earlier on about maybe Tua Tungvaloa leaving, Deshaun Watson said he'd only go to Miami if Brian Flores is there. So that could, actually, if he goes somewhere else, that could be it. That could be it. I think that's maybe what GMs and owners may be thinking now, being like, okay, we need a quarterback. Why not bring Brian? Why don't you bring Brian Flores? He said that Deshaun Watson is attracted to him. There you go. Brian, Deshaun, Denver. Think of that division. That's exciting. Um, that's it. I think I'm. Yeah, it's a little bit shocking, but also whoever gets him next, like you mentioned, Ben, is going to be a very, very happy team for sure. Oh, it's going to be crazy. So, what was he say doing next? Uh, I've forgotten. Predictions. Predictions. So it's week eighteen, which means we are at our final quarterly stage um, and our final prediction uh, heading into playoffs. We both have our playoff pictures up, mm-hmm. um, so. We can't be wrong with this, physically. <laughs> um, 
Brandon, take it away with our AFC first. Let's do AFC. AFC, okay. So the Titans have got a bye. You got the Raiders beating. Raiders beating. Sorry, oh. sorry, no, I wasn't meant to say that. You got the Raiders playing the Bengals. Patriots playing Bills. Steelers playing Chiefs. I think we do still an AFC Championship and NFC Championship, right? For now, yeah. I'll do my AFC, you do AFC. I'll do my yeah, AFC, yeah. okay. AFC Championship game. I am going Bengals Chiefs. I was going to do the same. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I know uh, we picked up the Titans, but <laughs> Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow, hello. Yeah, and the thing is, is if they win and the Steelers win, and the, actually, no, don't worry, I'm chatting bollocks. Uh, no, wait. Kansas may have to play Cincinnati. Yeah, Kansas... Oh, no, Can wait. we not do it like that? Okay, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. If <laughs> I don't like that. If everything unfolds the way it should, yeah, yeah you're right. So, yeah, we'll do. We'll stick with that. Right, NFC. Go on, uh, you, you go ahead first. I, I think Green Bay, hands down, are getting in there. Um, I'm going to go Dallas. Same again, here's <laughs> Green Bay, Dallas. Super Bowl. Surely. Super Bowl. Chiefs, Green Bay. Chiefs, Packers. I, I would say the same. Annoyingly, I think Chiefs Packers, but I think Rodgers takes the Lombardi back to Lambeau and hangs up his green and yellow cheese jersey. Absolutely agree. So that was easy, wasn't it? That was very easy. <laughs> a lot simpler than I think we thought it would go. Uh, anyway, we are now finally into our final part of the episode. It's been a long it's, one. It's been a marathon, but it's worth it. So hopefully mm. you guys have enjoyed it as much as we have. I know that speaking off mic. We're both enjoying this probably too much. Um, we get into player of the week, and this week is my my turn, which I'm very grateful for because I've got a list here, and I showed Brandon earlier. What I do is when I do my player of the week, I just put names down to start with based on what I've heard and what people have said, and stats, and Jim FB, and Pat McAfee, and everything about that. And this is my list. You ready? Cooper Cup. Jimmy G, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby, Ben Roethlisberger, Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, TJ Watt. That was my list. And then obviously you went it down to one. Yeah. And I can't just say if that's if that's a team. I know there's a few, <laughs> I know there's a few quarterbacks in there. De- Debo Samuel can play anywhere. Like we've, yeah, like we know his name. Ben O lineman, he'd do all right. Um, do you want to have a guess who I've gone for? I think you've probably gone for, I feel like, oh, I think you may have, oh, no. <laughs> oh, because I was thinking at the start, you showed me it, and I, I said a few names, but after hearing what you said about some of these players, I think, I'd say Debo Samuel, maybe. So, I've, I've really wanted to give a defensive player of the week since Chandler Jones in week one. I've, 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 I've looked, I've explored every avenue, the weeks where Nick Parsons has had a fucking outrageous week, Brandon's been choosing it, or Jamar Chase has come in, or Joe Burrow's come in and dropped 500 yards casually, um, which has been a bit annoying. But this week, I have managed to find my defensive player who is the last regular season player of the week on the Division B podcast. His parents came out during the week saying he was so big 
as a child, we added an extra X to his name. Max Crosby. Wow. The Oakland Raiders defensive edge rusher is the Division B podcast. Week 18, Player of the Week. So, are you ready for a stat? I am ready. As I just said, his parents put an extra X on his name because he was so big as a child that they couldn't just call him Max with a single X. Three passes denied, two sacks, six tackles, three tackles for loss, and the biggest game of the year, and he delivered. He's a third-round pick. He's a captain. He used to have an alcohol. alcohol, He used to be an alcoholic. It's his first sober year, and he's delivered when it matters. Not only is he a player of the week, I think he's up there for a player of the year Mm. on the defensive side of the ball for the Division B podcast. He's up there. What you've got the list there? I have got a list. We have Chandler Jones. Do we have any other defensive player on that list? Uh, (laughs) That's a negative, sir. And but. I think he belongs with Chandler there. Based on those stats, what he did, it was great. Yeah, I think he did it in a big game. Did it? You got to do it in the big game to be one up there in in one of the best, and uh, he definitely did it. Took them to took them to the playoffs. Mm. Superb. But oh, I feel proud. <laughs> so, well done for finding the defense. Yeah, yeah, I was. Oh, I was like, please, please be weak, <laughs> and it was so. I'm very proud to nice. say I've put both defensive players in. Brandon hasn't. Brandon's very, just cares about scores. Yeah, man. Uh, but we move and we're on to the final topic this week, which we are is our new regular week segment yep. from week 18, literally to the Super Bowl. Mm. So, it works. our team of the year is beginning. The Division B podcast team of the year is opening up. Um, we've decided, as if you listened to us last week, uh, this week is just the defence, like, like fantasy, it's, it's, it's almost too, well, I mean, quite frankly, it is too much to do the defence and more people yeah. care about offence. <laughs> so after just saying what I've said. Um, Brandon, take, take, take it away. Who's oh. your defence of the year? People are going to hate me. <laughs> people are going to hate me. Uh, stats. Go on. I love myself some stats, Ben. You do. The team that I've chosen... As a big old pool of stats. <laughs> now, after I say the team, you're going to be like, oh, of course you say that. Oh, it's the Patriots, isn't yeah, it? It's the Patriots. <laughs> stats, stats, stats. New England Patriots are my defensive team of the year. We obviously bring back your Carl Van Noy's, your Dante Hightower comes back. Second least points per game. So, out of all 32 teams, the Patriots defence... Let's in second least points in the game. Fourth best yards allowed, meaning, obviously, fourth least yards allowed, basically. Um, this is the big one. 12 of the 17 games, they conceded less than 20 points. Wow. That's less than three touchdowns in 12 of 17. Has a player in the top 10 for sacks with Matt Judon, who he um, acquired from the Eagles in the offseason. And Ravens. J- Ravens, apologies. Um, and JC Jackson, the highest amount of um, pass defended, basically tips and stuff. Yeah. And second most interceptions. So he's basically second in passes defended. Uh, uh, sorry, top in passes defended and second in interceptions. But I think the, the biggest stat is 12 of the 17 you, you can see in less than three touchdowns. I think if there's one thing you can always rely on with Bill, it's you're getting a defense. Yeah. And they, they did that. What, your cornerback Jackson, right? JC Jackson, yeah. yeah. Undrafted. No one yep. heard of him for 
until last year. Mm. He's come in. He's, he's he essentially kicked Stefan Gilmore out of that defense, mm. which is crazy because two it's years unreal. ago he was the defensive player of the year. Um, yeah, I mean, what number two defense at the end of the season? Number two defense at the end of the season. I think they were. They were, yeah. Yeah. Do you know who number one was? Yeah. Yeah. And they're my team of the year, the Dallas Cowboys. Was it Dallas? Yeah, they were, weren't they? Oh, I, I, I I'm sure it was, it was. I saw it was Buffalo Bills in terms of. Passes it oh, out. On, on, on fantasy. Oh, but yeah. Dallas is absolutely fine. Yeah. No, no problems there, sir. <laughs> um, so, yes, just moving on before we get into our debate about which team we're putting in with the stamp of the Prudel with the DB podcast. Um, Dallas Cowboys, 38 sacks more than uh, TJ Watt, which some franchises didn't manage to do this year. 25 interceptions, 5 pick sixes, 13 forced fumbles, 8 recovered from those fumbles, and 1 scored. 360 points against. That's 21.6 uh, points a game on average, which is slightly more than you boys. Yeah. Just by 1.6. But just touchdown. Yeah. No, I thought you said 21.6. It's a safety. <laughs> I thought you said 21.6. No. Oh, um, apologies. And like you, I mean, you can pick probably eight or nine players from their defense and hold and go. They made the difference. They made the difference. They made. The difference. But I've highlighted two in particular. Mm. I'm going to start with Trayvon Diggs. 61 tackles, 11 interceptions with 142 yards off of those picks, two pick sixes and 21 passes denied. So, including the 11, I don't think it is including the interceptions. That's 32 passes that he broke up or took back with him as a cornerback, second round pick. It's crazy. Crazy. People doubted Trayvon the moment he got drafted and he's gone and put his middle finger up in all the haters' faces and mm. rightly so. Um, but this is this is actually my rookie of the year. I actually think he surpasses Jamar Chase, Mick Parsons. I, I think as good as Jamar Chase has been, and I probably might get a lot of stick for this, um, Mika Parsons made a difference to that offence and he's going to have that captain badge on his chest next year in Dallas because God damn does he deserve it. 64 solo tackles, joint most on the team. 98 combined tackles, 13 sacks, three passes denied, and three fumbles. Three forced fumbles, sorry. Just a reminder, he's a rookie! This is his first year in the league as a defensive linebacker. And people, I mean, rightly so, he's on line with Judon. He's on line with Chandler Jones. He's on line with Kendricks in, Viking, in the Vikings. He is on par... With TJ Watt, yeah. he is so good. I mean, yes, he's still got 10 less sacks than TJ Watt, but think about how many more players there are on the Cowboys than there are on the Steelers who can make a difference. Yeah. And he's leading them. He was the second most effective defensive player in the Cowboys, a top five most effective player in the league. And I know this is meant to be a team of the year, but <laughs> he's carried the Dallas Cowboys defensive team, and he has done it incredibly. I love Mike Parsons. When yeah. I saw him in Hard Knocks and they, they were playing the um, Hall of Fame game, mm. he didn't want to come off. You can see the drive yeah. and the energy he, had he has. He had a go yeah. at Dan Quinn, didn't he? Um, you can see the drive and the energy that man has. Trayvon Diggs as well. As said in my one, passes denied. Um, JC Jackson was top, second with Trayvon Diggs. <laughs> Interceptions, JC Jackson was second, top was Trayvon Diggs. He had three more interceptions. I think, like you say, he had 11. I think JC Jackson had eight. 
they were they were up there as my second my second team yeah. to put in defence. And actually, Ben, I thought I was going to make it. I thought you, I was going to make it easy if we were having a debate to put to put one in. I was happily going to go with you and the Dallas Cowboys. However, you said something right at the end of your little segment, which oh, has changed my mind. The Mika carrying. The Mika carrying. See, I would go for it, I, and I would, I would buy the bullet, but I don't think you can because it. It yes, he got the sacks, and yes, he got the force fumble. You can't do that without the guys around you. Pressuring the quarterback, getting to the O-line, putting them on their back foot, creating the pockets of space to get to the quarterback, running back, tip the passes, whatever. And it just so happens that Mika's the one with the name on the tackle or the sack or the catch or the fumble. Yeah, I'm happy to have Dallas. Dallas Cowboys, you are the defensive team of the year for the Division B podcast. (laughs) Superb. Wow, what an episode. Regular season is done. Mad. Well, I, I actually think we've given the regular season an episode that it deserved. Yeah. Because I we we combined, as in when we've both watched it with passion and, and time and effort, this is our third year we've watched it. Mm. And by far has it been the best year. It's been so entertaining. Thank you, NFL Game Pass, for giving us... <laughs> Uh, every we game. love you yeah. apart from um, that little shock we had at the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. first few months it's, it's evened out um, <laughs> it's been so fun and I can't wait for these playoffs because I, I think it's just going to get even better it's been it's been one hell of a ride we obviously started this podcast last year and we had one game we had the Super Bowl yeah. but now we've managed to I think we only missed two weeks because of yeah. well actually no we only missed one week. Wow. You just weren't here for one. We brought in Sam in um, mm. to co-host. But this has been an absolute joy. Regular yeah. season has actually been fantastic. Biggest season yet. Regular season. But I'm so glad to say goodbye to them Browns, Ben. I, I can't <laughs> tell you enough until next year at least. But um, yeah, it's been super. But bring on the playoffs. <laughs>